You're listening to Starting Place, a podcast of training the church. Hey, y'all. I hope that you are doing well. Um, I hope you're also enjoying the fall season. Uh, I don't know where you're at in the world listening to this podcast, but here in Texas, fall means for us kind of like mid to high 80s, which is wonderful weather. You might be saying, Elizabeth, that's still hot. And I get it. Um, But for us here in Texas, where for the summer, we had temperatures in the high hundreds, 100 plus for so, so long. The mid to high 80s is like wonderful weather. But here's also a fun fact about me. I really enjoy the fall. I grew up in the Midwest. And so in the Midwest, you have all kind of more of the fall activities, partly because I think that the trees are changing. And so it looks like fall more so than it does down here in Texas. But you have like the reds and the yellows and the greens when the trees, the leaves are changing. Um, I also grew up with some of the like fall activities. And so apple picking and then pumpkin patch and apple cider and caramel popcorn. And it's just a fun time. I kind of like the fall and then into winter Christmas time. Those are two fun seasons for me. Um, So it's just been good to pull out my sweatshirts and my long sleeve shirts. I'm still wearing sandals though. I'm in Texas. um, So it's not like a full, full on embracing the cooler weather, but I'm trying to do that bit by bit. So I hope that you are enjoying the fall wherever you're at. But here's what is true. You did not turn on this episode for me to talk about the fall. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is we are journeying through the New Testament. And so on this podcast, this first season and second season, we're talking about the story of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Season one, we talked about the Old Testament. This season, we're talking about the New Testament. Three major movements in the New Testament. You have the life of Christ, the life of the church, and you have the return of Christ. And so we spent probably about the first seven episodes of the season talking about the life of Christ, his message, his ministry, um, what we can learn from his life, death, and resurrection. Um, And so we learned so much about discipleship, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to make disciples. We learned about his prayers. We talked about his interactions with other people. And we talked about even what Jesus says about himself. And so all the observations that we had into the life of Jesus, and I picked them out because I wanted to challenge us to examine what our actions show about what we actually believe about Jesus. Are we making disciples? Are we living like a disciple in the way that Jesus says, what he says that looks like? Are we entering into regular prayer and communion with God because we are invited to talk to him? And when we see Jesus model that for us, are we loving people the same way Jesus did? He loved them with grace and truth. Um, He did not mince words, but he showed up with compassion and love for everyone. Are we finding life in Jesus? Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, And so if we want to experience the abundant life that he has promised for us that comes through him alone, and so are we finding life through him or finding life through other created things? And so last week, we ended that discussion talking about his death and resurrection and being reminded of the powerful truth of the gospel, that the salvation that we needed all the way back in the garden has been provided for us by our God, God the Son, Jesus the Christ, third person of the Trinity. Um, I've always marveled. One of the things that we should stand in awe of is that God sent himself to fix our mess. And so Adam Griffin took us through a beautiful conversation about that. Today, we're going to keep on stepping through in the New Testament, and we're going to hit Acts 
talks and talk about the Holy Spirit and specifically how the Holy Spirit empowers the work of the church, that through Christ, a new community has been developed, a new community of believers, and that is the church. And so the Holy Spirit empowers the work of the church. And we're going to talk about how we need to live lives that are consciously aware of and radically dependent on him. Now, my guest for today's conversation is Alexandra Hoover. Um, She's a Bible teacher, ministry leader, speaker, wife, mother, and my friend. And she's also the author of Eyes Up, How to Trust God by Tracing His Hand, and a brand new Lifeway Bible study, Without Wavering, Resilient Faith, Built on the Promises of God. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Let's jump in. Well, says thank you for coming on today to talk with me about the Holy Spirit yeah. in the book of Acts. Mm. I, a couple of years ago, did a study at my church on the book of Acts. And just, mm. it was just really fun to jump in in a different way and see the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about it in kind of some of the ways that, man, it, it convicts and encourages me to lean more into what is provided for us. Yeah. Uh, but can you just, just kind of jump off our conversation those who don't know, most of y'all on the podcast, you might be like, okay, Elizabeth, I know who the Holy Spirit is, but somebody might not know or might not have language around that. Mm. And so in maybe a way that you would describe to one of your kids, like who is yeah, the Holy Spirit yeah. and what do we learn about him from Jesus's teachings in the gospels? Yeah, that's a, that's great. So one of the things before I ever taught the Bible, wrote anything, God, as I learned to, to really mother, um, uh, Layla is my oldest. She's turning 11 in February. I've had to ask God this question, Lord, what would it look like? Or how do I explain to Layla something like the Holy Spirit, right? Something like Emmanuel, God with us. And so I've I've had to wrestle through that because it's easy for me to to an adult unpack and say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is God with us. It is the air we breathe. He is our guidance, the intercessor. But with Layla or Tilly, that means nothing to her. And so here's what I would say. And I have said to her, and it's been helpful. I've, I've, I said, uh, Layla, seen the wind. And she said, no, I've actually never seen the wind. And I'm like, okay, it's great. Neither have I, but you have felt the wind. This is the easiest way I've ever said, explained it to her. And uh, she said, I have felt the wind. And I said, well, the Holy Spirit is the breath that you breathe. It is the air that you feel on your face. It is Emmanuel with you. And so Jesus, as he walks with you, the Holy Spirit um, is the gift that he gives us in that. And so as I unpack it, and even for those listening, even for me, as I began to understand the Holy Spirit or think about the Holy Spirit, instead of it being something that felt overwhelming, it for me, as Jesus taught me, it became an invitation to see God as the counselor, as a friend. And so for her, seeing the Holy Spirit, not just as something ethereal, but as a gift from Jesus that walks with us, that feels like the the, the wind on her face has really helped to reconcile that for her. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, the beauty of the Holy Spirit's constant presence with us, like I liked how you use this mm-hmm. imagery of the wind and just the ways in which we feel it, but you can't see it, but it's there. Yeah. And it, yeah. the way in which that, that wind does so much for us and all the things in the world, but it just is this, this imagery of just the beauty of God, the father and God, the son sending God, the Holy spirit Mm. just to help us live. And so Charlie dates, pastor Charlie dates. If you've never heard him preach, you need to stop this podcast and Google Charlie dates immediately and then (laughs) come come back. back. (laughs) Uh, But I, a friend told me he got this quote from him, but he's like, Jesus provides a supply for his own demand. 
And so, you know, Mm, just like you said, advocate, counselor, helper, that this world is a really hard place for us to live in and we're not called to live in it alone. And just you have help in the things that God calls you to. You have help. Yeah. One of the things that I love about what you just said is I, I, so a lot of the, what I talk to women a whole lot about is this gift of what I call my unbelief, the gift of unbelief that I have. And I've had to wrestle with God through much uh, or so much through my own unbelief. And so a lot of the a question I get often is, well, how, why women trying to reconcile the character of God, right? And so where is our help? Yeah. Where is God in the midst of, of suffering? And uh, how is, how does he actually walk with us? And when I began to see the Holy Spirit and help women see the Holy Spirit in the way of He is our comfort in the midst of discomfort. He is God with us. He is the promise that Jesus gave us as we walk through pain and suffering. And so I think for many of us, the Holy Spirit feels distant in a sense and sort of almost like watching from afar to intervene. And yet scripture tells us that He is with us, that we are breathing with Him, that we are the dwelling place. And so as I've had to walk through my own tensions in the world, in the world that feels broken, and I ask the question, well, God, where are you? He's like, I'm with you. I'm the breath you breathe. That's the Spirit and the Spirit that transforms and conforms and sends, right? And so that's been an invitation for me as I help women see that the Holy Spirit is, listen, when you when you can't or don't know where to find the strength to keep going, the only reason you do is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And although you may not even recognize the power, it's still the promise. You know what I mean? Like, it's still there. Yeah, like Jesus, um, and what we, we see it in um, kind of his last teaching that he has for his disciples mm. before, you know, he gets arrested and crucified and resurrected. Mm. And he, it's a promise that help is coming. Yeah. And I think about the seasons of suffering, right? Like, that's a great... It's just such a powerful point because that's a vulnerability. Um, we feel like I don't have it. If I had anything, I don't have it in this season. Like I, when I teach, I tell yeah. us, I teach about this example of, it was just a really hard season for me during the pandemic. And I was just, I was, I was struggling mm. with just sadness and probably mm. depression. And I just remember being sure. on my bed and just weeping. Mm. And yeah. the Lord, I was just like, Lord, I need you to show up for me right now. And I had a friend at that moment, text me. And she was like, hey, do you need prayer? Like this, the Holy Spirit was just like prompting me to text you. And I was like, sis, do I need prayer? Like voice memo later. You know, it was like the long text <laughs> message. Everybody's like, girl, you can just put this in a voice memo. But it was just like the Holy Spirit showed up in my friend's yeah. life to meet me in my time of suffering. Oof, let's pack yeah. there. I think that's yeah, so yeah. important. I think I think so many women and men wrestle with well, what does it actually feel yeah. like for the Holy Spirit to to reveal, yeah. right? Or to bring about like an illumination of himself. And so my kids again, right? For Layla, Layla is so discerning. She doesn't even know she's discerning, but I see it in her. And as I walk with her as a young believer, as I form her and help, you know, come alongside Jesus to be able to do that, I've been trying to help her see the ways in which the spirit does move, right? And so here's one of the things that I, even for myself, I've learned like, when there is an inkling, right, to love God and love people in us in any way, shape, or form, that is not us. That is the Spirit in us. That is the nudging of the Spirit. And so the more that we can hear His voice, 
by the reading of the scriptures, right, understanding his voice through understanding the character of God, I would never in a million years in and of myself think to text a friend and say, hey, I love you. I am here for you. And you're, for those of you listening, you're like, well, I know you would. Hear me out. There is nothing good in us that moves us aside from the Holy Spirit. It's that would, that would, that, that doesn't function that way with the life of a believer. It's always the Spirit that guides us, whether you know it or not. And so when we pay attention, right? That's the distinction, paying attention to the Spirit. He's always talking. He's always moving. Are we willing to listen and to follow even when, right? If it aligns with the will of God, we can move. But even when we wonder, man, could that be me? You go back and say, God, is this your will to love people and love you in this? And then you move. But I think it's beautiful. I think that example is so helpful for the women who are listening to be able to say, oh, I have the spirit. I hear from God because the spirit is indwelling in me and I am the hands and feet to be that. Yeah, because it is those those promptings to do things that lead us to either love God or love, love yeah. his people. And again, it is the things that you're not going to do on your own. Uh, because we are people that are bending on ourselves, that we want to do things for ourselves. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm talking to people, they're like, how do I know? You know, even if it is um, someone has a question about humility or they have a question about, Mm. you know, is this wisdom? Or they have a question about, you know, is this walking in holiness? I was like, the fact that you're asking the question itself is evidence that the Holy Spirit is leading in the right direction. Because people who don't care, don't ask the question. Mm. And that we would just be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And again, scripture, like you said, gives Mm. us the guidelines, gives us the boundaries for the box, I like to say. of This is what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like. These are the things that he does. These are things he's going to lead me to Mm -hmm. or lead me away from. But that I would be slow down long enough to hear what he is wanting me to do in this world for the Lord and for the Lord's kingdom. Hmm. That's beautiful. I uh, One of the things that I think we often miss too about the Holy Spirit is, at least for me in my own life, as I, as I grow with Jesus and as I get to know Jesus more, the Spirit reveals within us our iniquity and our inability to be like God without Him, right? And so there's this prompting to love God and love people. And in that same breath, that prompting is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. And so the entire work of the Spirit in us is, there's there's like even a manifold to that, right? Like there's layers to what the Spirit is doing in us as we live on mission, but also as He reveals within us the things in which we must give to God so that we can then become like Christ as we live life on this side of heaven. And that's a daily moment like the wind that is a daily moment by moment walk as you uh, are sensitive to the spirit um i even think about when we're when we're talking about sin or repentance or even how the spirit moves in that you know when we are sensitive to the spirit's power in our lives um scripture tells us that we could grieve the spirit right with our decisions and the and the things that that we would that we choose to do but as we're sensitive to the spirit we will we could we could literally feel right the discontent in our own hearts because of the grieving of the spirit that's how you know you're doing something wrong you know what i'm saying like that's how you know you out of pocket not because of yourself it's because of the spirit in you because if you're left up to your own devices and your flesh you would be good, but it's the spirit in you that says, this is not like Christ. You bear the, you bear the image of Christ Jesus. You are the, you're the, made in the image of God. And so there's something that happens that says, 
ah, repent and turn, yeah. right? Turn from your ways, uh, which is the other side to this, the counselor, right? And the intercessor of, of the molding that happens as we walk with him. Yeah, we have God dwelling with us. Come on. And so, you know, there's so much uh, spatial language that happens throughout scripture, mm-hmm. just being close to God or the lack of closeness because of sin. And we see with the tabernacle and the temple and that it just wouldn't be lost on us that God dwells in us. Like like the the creator of the universe, the spirit is present at creation, third member of the Trinity. Like you said, he's the one that prompts us, right? The conviction that, that this isn't yes. good for you. This isn't the way of wholeness. Um, this isn't God's good plan for you and that we would be people yeah. who would listen. And, and there is like a might, I think it's power, right? Just a mighty power that exists Absolutely. for the work of the church to do what we were designed to do in the beginning. And so, you know, as we read through the book of Acts, again, I just, I love, I love Paul, uh, partly because I just feel like he's just out there telling people like it is. He a real he one. A real one. He really real is one. a real one. He, like, he is. I, I don't care about you thinking I'm important. You need to follow Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Paul forever. Shout out to Paul. Uh, and so... <laughs> Alex, as you read through Acts, maybe like what's one story or one situation that stands out to you? You're like, this is where I see the spirit working to help the church do what Jesus set it out to do. Okay, so Acts 2, right? When we look at Acts 2 and we are, it's it's the introduction really to the spirit and 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 God sending the spirit as as the power, as the presence, as the provision for the church. And I would say that that for me, although there are so many stories where you where you begin to see the church move because of the spirit, but for me it's important to start there because it is a reminder to those who are reading the book of Acts that the building of the church and the movement of the church was when God then gave his power for it. It wasn't the it wasn't the power of the hands of those before the spirit. It was because of the spirit. Right. And there's something so important with that, because uh, one of the things I always say, and, and I get this from the book of, of Jeremiah, too, and, and we, there are other spaces in scriptures where I've, I've, I've read this particular uh, phrase and I can't remember the exact verse, but it's something along the lines of may the work of my hands overflow from the work of, the, of my heart. And to build the church, the overflow has to be from the work of the spirit. And in Acts 2, you see the movement of the spirit, and it is because of the spirit that then the church is built. And so the distinction that without the God, we cannot build or move or be good or holy or righteous apart from the spirit or build anything good besides having or without having God in that. And so as, you know, in the year of the Lord, 2023, as we are we want to love Jesus. We want to follow his ways and become more like him. And yet we are in a culture that uh, puffs up the ability to perform, right? And to outdo uh, people around you through your gifting, through purpose and calling. And it just gets, the, the building of the church gets so entangled in the print pride. And when we're able to strip all of that back and say, in, in Acts 2, actually what happened was God said, and now I will give, I'm going to give you the spirit. And because of the spirit, you get to go out now and build my church. And it's because of me in you that you get to do that, not because of you. There's a humility that comes with that and a reminder that the church is built on God, the cornerstone, Christ Jesus. We have him and therefore we get to do that. I 
think it's incredible, honestly. And I geek out on it all the time. And I'm like, do you get it? Are you listening? This is, there's nothing good in us aside from the spirit. We get to build a church with God because it's a gift because he gave us the spirit. It's wild. It's super wild uh, that we, that he invites us into his mission for the world. Uh, Again, I think some of the things that we don't always sit in awe for that we who are the ones who stepped into sin and Jesus said, God sent Jesus to save us from that. He also invites us into his work of Mm -hmm. proclaiming the gospel. And man, it's the Holy Spirit that builds the church. It is. And I'm just like, I'm just saying what you said, because it's just so much, whether it is uh, celebrity, church celebrity, Christian celebrity, or platform building, or my church needs to have a trillion people in it for it to be successful. And it's like, what doesn't build a church is your ingenuity. What doesn't build a church is how smart you are, how eloquent you are. What builds a church is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just filling seeds. It is transforming lives to be the people God has called us to be. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And that we would be humbled, like you said, humbled by that. Because I'm not the driver of this. God is. Yeah. I mean, and even with, and, and for the, you know, for the friends who are listening, take, take notice and, and Paul's intentionality as he, as he tells us and gives us this picture of what happened next, right? So Pentecost, and then you see that there are people who are serving, right? And, and they are feeding the homeless and they are giving and, and you're you're talking about the building of the church in these very and in, in these house churches. You see women and men coming together, laying down their lives. And so, when we're talking about this, the the work of the Spirit and and, and it's at its core and who God's gifted us with in Him is the reality that the fruits of the Spirit are made evident in us when we follow Jesus by building His church as we love God and love people. And there is there quite literally is a revelation that happens to Christ's followers, that as we follow him, we do begin to serve. We do begin to build his church in our spaces. We do, and, and it actually happens that way. And it's a lot less complicated than we make it out to be. And so oftentimes too, I wonder if maybe we are so desperate to go back to, to this moment of Pentecost in Acts 2, when God is saying you get to have Pentecost every day in your life. You get to be able to move the spirit and to build the church. And there's something that 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 I think we were were missing, which is the power, the fact that we have the power in the presence to be able to walk with Jesus in the same way that He sent the Spirit out in Acts two. You see this 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 uh, description of transformed communities. Yes, I like to say that the Holy Spirit is Jesus's hype man, that He's just pointing us towards Jesus and the ways of Jesus and what it means Every to time. be transformed. Yeah, and you see this in some really distinguished ways, right? Like women and men mm-hmm. serving together. Like when we think about church yeah. history and what set Christians apart, like this love for <laughs> for the image bearer, right? This is elevation of the sanctity of life. Like these are things that set Christianity apart in the first century. And where that come from? The work, transforming work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's an urgency. Yeah. That that is what it. There there was an urgency that we see it, that that the disciples and the homies in Acts two knew there was like well this is urgent we got to build the church in Jesus name immediately and there was no hesitation to the building of the church there was no it was there is a fire that was set ablaze and we're so grateful for it and I wonder if because we misunderstand the power of the Holy Spirit we also miss out on the urgency that comes with that because we just don't engage deeply with Him I need you to unpack that for us. 
Because <laughs> it's true. Like it is like we see something really, really beautiful and really, really powerful. Yes. And then and that's part of what we try to do in starting places. Like, OK, we see this in the text. How do we build this bridge to the here and now? And so like Francis Chan, I love him for this. It, not for this. I love him for a lot of the work that he does. He calls the Holy Spirit, the forgotten God, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. As much as work as we see happens by the power of the Holy Spirit, some of us, uh, I think of the room of Christianity is really big. And so there's lots of different rooms mm-hmm. and different rooms refer to different denominations or theological groups. Mm-hmm. Some of us in the house have a hard time leaning into and paying attention and maybe, like yeah. you said, misunderstanding the work of the Holy Spirit. And so yeah. Alex, can you just help us? Like why yeah. maybe are we prone to do this? Yeah, I think that... We, oh, and this is going to offend some of my more, uh, some, some of my friends who, who are maybe less aware of how the Holy Spirit engages with, with us. I'll say it that way. I think that w- because we are so knowledgeable of God, that we miss out on the intimacy with God. And many of those who follow Jesus, uh, we, we become consumed with, with the knowledge that we get from God, and that's great. But in that, we miss out on intimacy and relationship. And I just cannot believe that when you have an encounter with Jesus, a real one, right, you miss out on the power of the Spirit. You don't. What I think happens is, is that for many of us, we pragmatize our faith with God, and it becomes incredibly frameworked in what we think to be the correct way to live with Jesus in in the way of we attend church on Sunday morning, we go to our small group and we 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 do the things right that we think we can check off the list, but we miss intimacy with God. And the bridge there is this, when you are so in awe of God, when you are so overwhelmed by the love of God, the spirit in you begins to then like it rises up in you. It really does. And there's something that begins to to turn in you that then moves you to love God and love people. And the best way I can explain it is when, um, when, when my daughter was a little girl and she realized for the first time that I was the person that she could run to when she had a boo-boo. That I was the fir- that I was the person that was going to be able to take care of her if she fell down. When you see God in that light the power of the Holy Spirit in you cannot be put out. And I wonder if maybe we're missing out on knowing God in that way. And because of that, we miss the urgency that comes with telling those around us, have you ever experienced the love of God in this way? Because if you haven't, let me show it to you. And there's something that there's something there for sure. You know, as I was listening, the word that came to mind is dependence versus independence. And so I think we live independent of the Holy Spirit. Like we live independent of the power that has been given because I think that to, to, for Jesus to give it communicates, you can't live well without it. But we, we go through the motions um, or we check the list off the box. And all the things you mentioned are great things for us to do. Great. But there's something about, even in the smallest ways, like every day we get up in the morning, it's like Holy Spirit what would you have for me to do today? Please speak to me yeah. through your people. Please give me eyes to see the people that I need to love today. That I that it yeah. is this, I need you to lead me and not I need to just check in every so often when I need a prayer request answered, right? Is this constant dwelling with the Holy Spirit? And to me, that's communion. Like that's communion of relationship. Yeah, and is. then seeing him 
present opportunities, seeing him call us out of our comfort zones. Because it's a, for me, it's a tension, right? It's a tension of, oh, I can't do this in my own power. I need you to give me the patience. I need you to give me the strength. I need you to give me the kindness. I need you to give me the faith to step forward in whatever the Holy Spirit you're leading me for me to do. And I mean, it's like this constant place of communion that we can become distracted from because so many other things take our attention or we love the information and we don't love who the information is pointing us to. And when I say information, I mean the study, we can get caught up in all the details and not realize, oh, this is pointing me towards God. And let me just sit with him and commune with him. Okay. So I, as you were talking, I, the Lord brought to mind what abiding looks like, right? And that as we abide, as we remain, and and abiding is one of those words too, where it's like the Holy Spirit, like, what does it even mean? We could talk about abiding for another hour. And so abiding is active rest. And when we abide in Christ, when we follow him, there is, there's an instant invitation to come out of our, our lives of living a safe faith. And so when you abide in Christ, your faith is no longer safe in the sense that you actually are not in control of anything. And being led by the Spirit, by the, by His power and His presence and provision does put you in a, in, a, in a safe space with Christ. But what I mean is we stay so safe in the faith that we are in control of, that we limit God based off of what we are willing to engage with, with Him. And we essentially we put the spirit in that same framework, like the Holy Spirit. This is what this is how I will allow you to move in my life, in this limitation. And and I would like to see you work here, but anything outside of this uh, framework feels unsafe to me because I because it's because I I don't know enough about it. And so when we abide in Christ, as we walk with Jesus, He leads us right into deep deep waters with Him into the unknown. That is where dependency and abiding fleshes out. And that's when we see the Holy Spirit move in ways that we've never seen him move before. Why? Because it's less of us and more of him. Yeah. So Alex, what does it look like for you to abide? Um, and you do so many things in ministry. You you teach, you speak, you write, that you are a mom, you are a wife, you are in seminary, like you are doing, yes, yes. you're doing so many things. What is it yeah. like for you to abide? Oh, I'll cry. You're going to make me cry. Uh, there is, earlier you mentioned communion. So a few years back, I was in therapy and uh, my, my therapist introduced uh, the idea, which is really a liturgy of what's called the daily office. And yeah, and so it, it changed my life. I was probably 26 years old. I'm 33 now. And I remember her saying, you know, there's as we sit with Jesus, and this is how she framed it, as you, she told me to close her eyes and she said, as you sit with Jesus, as you walk with him throughout your day, as you pay attention and begin to notice the way in which he walks with you, create spiritual rhythms in your life to meet with him intentionally three times a day until you begin to see him in everything. And a part of my, a part of that season of my life, and I was 26, was again, this, I was contending with God and really wrestling through his presence in my life. Uh, because it felt like God was good or there, but just not with me or to me. And I had to untangle what it meant to be with God and to feel God and to see God even when I didn't. And so abiding was a lot of that. And so for me today, uh, I will tell you that abiding looks like a trusting and a walking 
an awareness to the spirit. And I can tell you when I'm not abiding, uh, when my soul is fussy and I've lost sight of God in my day to day. And for me, that looks like my tendency to to control things or to want to control things. And so it's a sure sign that I'm that I've kicked into striving gear when I begin to overanalyze, uh, reach for control, feel insecure, uh, begin to compare myself with other people around. There are very subtle ways that the spirit will now show me, uh-uh, you're striving. You've, 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 you've lost sight of, of, of my power and my presence. It's with you, but you've now, you've now tried to tap into yours. And so it, it feels like the, the resetting of a thermostat, right? Like he is the thermostat. And as I am walking with him, he's like, hey, the temperature's off. And when the temperature's cool and right, I'm abiding. When it gets a little bit too hot or a little bit too cool, he's like, oh, we've kicked into striving. So for me, as a mom who's busy, it honestly looks like an intentional, an intentional choice to have spiritual rhythms that point me back to Jesus throughout my day. And an awareness of what my own propensity looks like or what it looks like and what my propensity is to swing out of gear or out of space with who God is in my life. Um, it's not about reading a certain amount of Bible verses a day. It's not about sitting in quiet or silence, although that's those are great spiritual rhythms and necessary for the formation of our faith. It really is awareness of God with me and how he's moving in my life and and a willingness to be tender enough to feel myself as an embodied human and know is God, am I allowing God to lead or am I leading? And having that conversation several times a day. Alex Hoover, where are you? How are you feeling? Where is God in this? Yeah. And when you said uh, the daily office, um, it reminds me of an app I use called the Daily Prayer app. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think it's Anglicans. It's super, it's yeah, Anglican. super Anglican. Our Anglican brothers Come and sisters, on. we shout Come out. On. Shout hey, out. we hear you. It's the yes. liturgy. We love the liturgy. Yes and amen. We love the liturgy. Because <laughs> it does. It keeps <laughs> you tethered. It keeps you tethered to the word. Yes. And, you know, I think of Paul's words in... Uh, when Paul's at the Areopagus in Acts 17, he's like, the, in the God whom we, in whom we live, move, and have our being. Have our being. Thank you, God. Because I, I think sometimes conversations about the Holy Spirit and people who are like, hey, Elizabeth, Alex, I hear what you're saying, um, but it's really hard. And, and I think what I want to convey to you is that I think most of the battle is just showing up. Yeah. And showing up to the places in which God is. Mm. Um, and that's his word. And that is in prayer. And it's having an awareness. And sometimes it's just, yeah. and what I appreciate about the daily office and just this this rhythm of prayer three times a day is that it forces you mm-hmm. to just stop and be present and focus on the Lord. And in that, the Holy Spirit does the work. And so it is, the Absolutely. Holy Spirit gives us what we need to pay attention to Him when we respond to these open doors of come, come and sit mm-hmm. with me. Come and be quiet with me. Just pray. Just journal. Just read my word. And I will meet you there. And I think back to what you talked about with the promise of, he promised that I'm, Jesus promised I'm giving you help. And this help is going to build the church. This help is going to push back the darkness and bring in this light. This help is the third person in the Trinity, God. And all you just need to do is abide. Yes. All you need to do is abide. Amen. So we ask this question every week, Alex. Uh, and so I'm going to okay. have you close us out with this one. When we think about okay. the Holy Spirit, when we think about Acts, and how do those two things point us ultimately to the gospel? 
the the good news, man, of Jesus, that he came to seek and save a loss, that he saved us from our wretched sin and gave us new life. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I today would not have the ability to partner with God in spreading the gospel. And so he left the Holy Spirit with us so that we could quite literally partner with him to build his church. And I just want our friends to sit in that for a minute, because when we there is this longing in us to partner with God, and yet we miss the clearest invitation to partner with Him in the gospel in that sense because of the Spirit. And so at minimum, know that because you have the Spirit dwelling in you, you have been made an heir, right? And you also have a, a, this, this position in the kingdom to partner with God to tell the good news and to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ because of the Spirit, right? And so that, if anything, or if nothing, should empower us, right? And we're already equipped because of Him, but empower us to go out, right, and tell the good news. So we get life abundant through Jesus, uh, both for the now and for the future. And it's the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's the Holy Spirit that we see at the work of creation. Like we see the Holy Spirit as part of our salvation. We're going to talk about how yeah. the Holy Spirit work of sanctification. So he transforms us. We see this in the epistles. But what we see is that with God, we get we get access to shalom and wholeness and peace. And is the Holy Spirit that brings that work to our lives. And so as we think about... You know, I think of the words of Jesus before he ascends into heaven, but you're going to receive hmm. power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. Like you're going to take That's the right. good news that the King has come to the ends of the earth. Right. And it's only because of the Holy Spirit that I'm sending to you and that we would yeah. be people who would respond to the gift that's already been given. And again, if we need, if the Lord sent the gift, it means we can't live this life well without it. And so that we would be people who have a conscious awareness and radical dependence on the the Mm -hmm. one who came, uh, that we might have life in the Holy Spirit who enables us to have relationship with him. Alex, thank you. Thank you for stopping by to share your wisdom with us today. Absolutely. What a gift. I'm so, so honored. So grateful. The Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, present before creation, the one who regenerates our hearts that we might believe in Christ, the one who transforms our lives and our journey of sanctification, the one who empowers us to build the church and live on mission for Christ. The Holy Spirit does so much for us, yet sometimes he can be the one we are quick to ignore. The life of the Christian is a life of dependence. We can only live for Christ and accomplish what he has for us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's this week's reflection question. What is one thing you can do to increase your dependence on the Holy Spirit for your sanctification and ministry? And just in case you wondered, ministry is not just for people in the church. It's not just for pastors or Bible teachers. It is the life we lead every day that points people to Christ. And so maybe this is spending more time in prayer and silence and solitude to commune with the Lord and to be able to hear from Him or asking Him to provide what you need instead of just trying to figure out a plan on your own. Whatever it is, let's lean into the power we've been given to live for Christ. Thank you for listening to Starting Place. This podcast is designed to serve as an introduction, helping you understand and grow in your Christian faith. So if you're interested in learning more about today's topic or connecting with our guests, please check the show notes for more information. 
And if you're interested in supporting the work we do, we'd love it if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps other people find the show and connect with us. Until next time, grace and peace, y'all.